Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode. I am so excited. I'm sure you can tell by the title of what this podcast episode is going to be about, but I've been wanting to kind of put on the tinfoil hat and chat conspiracy theories for a while, and it came up naturally throughout my week this week, so that's when I knew that this week we had to talk conspiracy theories on my podcast. Um, But before I get into that, as you know, I like to do a weekly recap of what's been going on this week, and then we'll dive into the core of what this episode is about. But welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Smuntry. I am currently in my sunroom this afternoon recording this episode. We had such a beautiful day. It's May 3rd when I'm recording, and it was like the first day that felt like summer genuinely here in Minnesota where the grass is finally green the trees have buds like we had a very late winter this year there was there might still be snow on the ground in some like parking lots you know like big piles of snow but I think it's safe to say that I can finally put my patio furniture outside and like bask in the beautiful early summer feelings so I did spend a lot of today outside sunbathing like a cat. It was the best thing in the world. Um, But I really like recording in my sunroom because if you're familiar with the layout of my home, which I hope you're not that familiar with it actually, but if you watch like my YouTube videos, the sunroom is one of just two rooms in my house that, um, oh, you know what? I just realized I don't want to give that information away. If I cared to go back and edit and restart over, I would, but do you, <laughs> do you know the TikTok audio where it's like, also, uh, never mind, or no, it's also, I don't know, and it's like when you change your mind halfway through about telling somebody something, yeah, my bad, um, <laughs> but we are in the sunroom, I've got my two cats curled up, they are already like out like asleep so they are ready for a good hour of podcast recording stuff I've got my side chicks basically laying right next to me all snuggled up and but as I was saying little weekly recap so I hope everyone had a wonderful week Um, I wrote down a few like bullet note I wrote down a few things that I wanted to mention about my week um, just because I wasn't really sure like what happened, everything starts to blend together, which is why I'm really glad that I incorporate this into my episodes. Otherwise, I totally would forget. The biggest things that happened this last week is I went to a four-year-old's hockey game for the first time, and it was as hilarious as it sounds. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) Ashton and I went to his nephew's um, little like toddler hockey game. I've never been to a kid's hockey game before. It was so funny. First of all, their little skates are the cutest things in the world. They're so tiny. They look so little out there on the ice. And then most of the time, there are more kids on the ground or on the ice than like standing up. Um, Yeah, so it was like a great entertaining hour of my life. Something else kind of cool this week is that Ashton and I went to the Science Museum of Minnesota and I learned a lot of cool things there. Um, I haven't been to the Science Museum since, I want to say, like, 
2016 here in Minnesota, which was actually a college assignment to go. And then before that, I don't think I've really gone since I was a child. And Ashton hadn't gone at all since he moved to Minnesota. So it was so fun. A lot of cool exhibits, even though the Science Museum could be seen as something for children. And there were definitely a lot of like activities that were geared toward children. It was still really fun as an adult just to learn cool things and appreciate the facts that I probably wouldn't have taken the time as a kid to read or appreciate or learn about. Um, But one of the cool things that I learned there was about octopuses. And I had no idea that um, it's believed that, well, I don't know how many people believe this, but Some people believe that octopuses came from outer space and are aliens living among us. And it's crazy cool how they, like, make their theory of how they ended up in the oceans. It has to do with, like, dating back to some... I don't know. I've already forgotten most of the fact. But it would have been, like, when the Earth was still forming and then the eggs of the octopuses or something got shot here with our atmosphere. Um, I should have like referenced this, but I do know the gist of the fact was that it's believed that they're like trapped aliens that ended up on Earth and that's why they're so smart. And they kind of do look like aliens, you know, like the alien from Lilo and Stitch, like he looks like an octopus. I think that was the coolest fact that I learned at the Science Museum this week. And we actually got a geode from the Science Museum gift shop and cracked it on my balcony. It was so fun. I think the geode was only $4. So if you ever come across those, I highly recommend like going for it. It's really fun to kind of see what you get. Um, but yeah, other than that... The other thing that I have, I mean, I honestly, I spent three nights out of this week watching Taylor Swift's concert on TikTok Live, so there was that. I just have to tune in every single night between 9.30 to 10.30 because depending on the time zone, that is when she plays the two surprise songs. And I have two songs in mind that I really want to hear for the date of my show that I'm going to. I don't want to jinx it and say them out loud, but so far, knock on wood, both songs she has not yet played and I just feel like it's meant like I can feel it like I know I'm going to hear it so I just have to check in every single night of her concert to make sure I don't miss something that I would want to see and then it's also nice just to like watch that performance because I'll never get to see her perform that song again most likely um So that's been a nice little Friday, Saturday, Sunday ritual of mine. And you know what else I've been like really into recently that has become more of like a ritual in my life? Food prep. Like getting into the routine and habit of prepping items for the week in my kitchen. I have found that I really enjoy it. There is something about spending time in my kitchen and like making ginger shots, chia seed pudding, or like mass washing all of my fruits that I just bought so that I don't have to individually wash them before use each time, and then restocking my fridge full of the mason jars of chia seed pudding, the glass containers of the washed fresh fruit, the tiny mason jars of the ginger shots. Uh, I'm getting really into the art of homesteading lately, and I think I finally nailed it, and I think I finally have like figured out the joy that comes from within 
when you are preparing food and taking care of yourself both inside and out. So as like 1960s as it sounds, I'm really enjoying prepping food in the kitchen lately and it's become this new like self-care routine where I look forward to having to make more ginger shots or preparing my chia seed pudding and knowing that I am putting in the time currently to take care of my future self and make sure that she's going to be healthy and taken care of. So, um, oh, there was another like really exciting thing that happened this week. We got our first sponsorship on this podcast. I cannot believe that just last episode, I think it was the last episode, I mentioned how I'm not even getting paid to make the podcast episodes and right now it's my favorite thing to do out of all of my platforms and it's like as soon as I said that and put that out into the universe, I got the email and I'm good to go. This platform is monetized again so I'm so excited because even though that doesn't change my passion or love or me physically doing this podcast, it does feel good to get recognized for the work that you're putting in and be able to say that, you know, you're earning money. Like, it's always a good thing. So with that being said, let's hop into our new sponsorship. That was so exciting. I'm so happy that's back up. Anyway, let's get into the conspiracy theories that I believe are legit true. Now, Um, earlier this week, I was mentioning one of these to Ashton just like casually and I really got into it to the point where he looked at me and he goes, are you being sarcastic right now? And he couldn't believe that I genuinely believed this. But in between laughs, you know, I was saying how, I mean, there's no proof. Like, who's to say, like, I believe this as much as I believe it's not true. And it really sparked this episode idea for me. So I just recommend that you go into this with an open mind and consider, you know, we're just going to have some fun. I know that most of these, like, who knows if they're true or false, but um, if you're very skeptical, just try to have fun with this. And I mean, I know that they're called conspiracy theories for a reason. And I do believe in, you know, facts and science and whatever and all of that, but Um, Some of these, I genuinely do think it's a possibility, and that's all that we're going to really determine today is that it could be a possibility, and I think there's a possibility of these conspiracy theories being true as much as these conspiracy theories are false. Um, But there are some that, like, if I really think about it, like, the reason they're on this list to begin with is because I read or watched something that was so convincing that it had me believing it could be true. Um, But I do have a list, so I will be referencing that. And then I thought at the end, it would be kind of fun um, to do a list of the conspiracy theories that were actually proven to be true. I found an article online that has like, it's something like 30 conspiracy theories that were actually true. So I'll talk about the ones that I think could be true first. And then I also have two that I firmly don't believe are true because I wanted to kind of counteract that and then we'll talk about the ones that were actually proven true because I think that would be really fun too but let's start off strong um the moon landing 
I don't know. I think there's a possibility that it could have been faked. Now, I spent my entire life just kind of believing that we landed on the moon. Like, of course we did. Like, that's what we're taught. Of co- Like, duh. And then I think it might have been Shane Dawson's really old video, RIP. But um, when all the pieces fit together where it was like, oh, Russia was trying to be the first on the moon and then suddenly the u.s out of nowhere was like we're going to the moon my biggest question though is if we really did go to the moon how come we've never been back and this is the one that ashton was staring at me for saying are you being sarcastic right now or do you actually think it was fake um and he said there's no need to go back but my question is scientists are behind this it's freaking nasa if we went to the moon don't you think that they'd want to go back and study it so that's the one like question that i have there um i've also seen that if you speed up the video of them on the moon it looks like he's just jumping on a trampoline i think the evidence that we have could have easily been staged i mean if you've seen stranger things you know how easy it is for the government to twist something to get the people to believe it now i'm not like trying to get into politics at all and that's why i think stranger things is like the best example and i i swear i'm like i'm not like that like we're just gonna have fun okay so just for a second like it's like believing in um like santa claus is real you know the easter bunny is real it's like that that's what i kind of um compare this to so just with that type of headspace or like i believe that my plants like understand me or like when I talk to the trees on a walk it's like that level okay so like I'm fine I'm totally sane um anyway I believe that we went to the moon as much as I believe that we didn't because I think both could be true and we'll never really know you know but my whole thing there is just if we went to the moon and it was such a big deal how come we've never gone back and how come they don't sell tickets to the moon like I would love to visit the moon Um, and I think that's something that they could totally make like billions of dollars on I could totally see someone like Elon Musk honestly starting like a commercial rocket ship type of like plane transportation taking people didn't he go to the moon or wasn't he supposed to funny how he didn't because we've never been just kidding. <laughs> um, I do believe that we have pieces of the moon. I've seen pieces of the moon in museums. Like, I know that they've studied that. But couldn't they get that from, like, a robot that they sent to the moon or pieces that had fallen during, like, a meteorite shower? I don't know. We're not... This isn't an episode about facts. This is an episode about theories. So I am not here to say everything that I'm saying is a fact. I, who knows what I'm... Yeah. <laughs> But that's the first conspiracy theory that, you know, I do wonder a little bit because it could it could be fake. And I could see why the U.S. might have felt threatened in the 60s to want to do it. It was the 60s, right? That's when we went to the moon, 1964. I believe it's in the 60s. Should I fact check that? I love how I'm fact checking that, but this whole episode is about stuff that probably needs fact checks. <laughs> 1969. Okay, it was a little off, but still um I remember there were s- there was some um skepticism too about 
like the quality of the photos and the videos that we have. Um, okay, now Google is telling me stuff. I had no idea we've had six trips to the moon. Apollo 11 was followed by six further trips to the moon, five of which landed successfully. Twelve. Okay, wait, did we go back to the moon? Oh, well, according to the internet, we have not sent humans back to the moon because the two primary causes are money and priorities. Hmm. I don't know. That sounds a little sus to me, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that one is just really fun, too, because it's one of, like, the main um, conspiracy theories that you hear about. I remember, too, with one of my exes, I, like, brought this up, like, years ago, and I was just, like, shooting shit, having fun, being like, I don't know, maybe we didn't go, it could have been faked, and he started to cry. It was the most uncomfortable thing, because he was like, you know how much I love space, this, like, really offends me, and I was like, oh, my god. Um, so now this conspiracy theory does kind of trigger that memory. (laughs) Anyway, Kind of on the same topic of conspiracy theories in terms of space and the moon, flat earth. (laughs) Stay with me. (laughs) Now, it's it's a concept. Um, I think it's easily debunked because all you have to do is look up at the sky and watch the stars rotate in like a circular motion. But when you look up more of the history of what flat earth really means and where it comes from, it was it's super interesting because I had no idea how far back this really dates. And it's actually like way, way, way back um something bc again me with the facts i know this is what people used to believe before um they discovered i think it was plato before plato realized that the earth is a sphere they thought the earth was flat and if you look at maps that were drawn in like the 1800s it's always a flat earth concept um but What really intrigues me is that there are some people that believe that the Earth is more so a linear plane, like a disk, and that there's like a ring of the ocean around the outside. Um, I'm thinking more of like a CD, you know, and then the outer outline of the CD is the ocean. It's super interesting when you learn about it, and I can see how it could be plausible if you are down that rabbit hole. Um, And there's, like, I mean, it wasn't just Europeans or, like, a certain type of history. Like, I'm looking at this illustration that a 12th century Asian cosmographer created, and again, it's that disc. Um, This also does make, or, like, a ninth century macrobian cosmic diagram it's really interesting if you just google like flat earth and look up the history of like why this is a thing because it dates back so much further than like youtube videos of like men thinking that the earth is flat um the one thing that i do think is super interesting is the concept of like 
a plane because again if you watched Stranger Things I think that show does a really great job at kind of explaining parallel planes or like multi-universes or different realities how they can exist with like on a singular plane um but in a different reality and who is to say that that's not what we we are living in right now and that in this reality I don't know I could really like yes I know that the earth is round um and that we're so 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 tiny on it but you can still kind of see that the hemisphere is circular um but what if we're like flat stanley or what if we're like not in the upside down and there is the upside down like in stranger things i don't know it's really fun to think about but that's again more so just for like fun conversations i know seriously that it's um it's not flat okay this next thing on my list, again, kind of having to do with Earth and space, and maybe you can see where this one is going. I totally believe that aliens exist and have come to Earth. I think they're still here, honestly. Does anybody like remember seeing it in the paper or in the news how we like found a dead alien during some sort of ufo crash landing and that the government was studying it i vividly remember seeing that in like a textbook or a newspaper in like fourth grade and since then i have no proof that i saw this and i feel like the government totally just covered it up but i mean i could be making that up but i do feel like i remember knowing something as a kid that later like nelson mandela effect about aliens um and i I can't remember the name of it, but there's this really good documentary about aliens on Netflix that, I mean, it's real and it seems like anyone that knows something disappears or ends up dead or just it's such a deep conspiracy rabbit hole to go down. Oh, also Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. There's like a few episodes about UFO sightings and aliens with people that like witnesses that were there and... Um, it was really convincing and terrifying to me because I just don't think that many people can recall the same evening and like lie about it, but all have the same stories from different parts of a state, you know? But I do believe that they have come and checked us out. I think they know that we've been here for a while. I totally think that aliens are a lot smarter than us and it's probably best not to mess with them. Um, we're probably very archaic compared to the technology and advanced just world that the aliens are capable of but it is really spooky and then you know some people believe that aliens are here pretending to be human and that's where it gets spooky because if you've ever met someone that just seems slightly not human or a little off they could be an alien pretending to be human cats could be aliens I feel like there's just, you hear so many stories of people that were silenced about alien stuff or people that saw certain things, you know, in Utah or near Area 51. And yeah, I just, I know that they're out there and I'm so afraid of seeing a UFO. I genuinely am. Like I've seen so many interviews of people that have seen UFOs or have witnessed it or had something really weird happen to them. And I just... 
I don't want to look up. I don't want that to be me. I'm good. I do not want like something weird happening to me. Um, yeah. But I acknowledge them and I respect them. <laughs> that made me think of the Vanessa Hudgens um, moment in pop culture when she goes on Instagram and s- says that she respects the virus. <laughs> it's a virus. I respect it. <laughs> Uh, okay, that kind of brings us into, like, perfectly the next one that I have listed in terms of, like, pop culture and celebrities. Now, this one I totally think is true and at this point is no longer a conspiracy theory and has been proven. But Ozempic, do you remember a few months ago when it started to speculate that celebrities were getting a hold of Ozempic and that's how they were looking so skinny, like, oddly shaped skinny? I'm fairly certain that since then, celebrities have admitted to being on Ozempic um, and have stated that pretty much everybody in Hollywood is on it. And if you just look at the body types and how thin the hips and waists have become, it's like very certain. Um, But in the beginning, when this first came out, I was like, oh, duh. Yeah, everyone's on it. Um, The Kardashians, all on Ozempic. All of the housewives, Ozempic. Um... At least I like I like the people that are up front on talk shows and admit that they're on it. Um, otherwise, it can be so disillusional to see someone on TV or on TikTok and wonder why you don't look like that. I'm sure they go to the gym and go on hot girl walks and take care of themselves. But when you're missing that key factor that they're also on a drug called Ozempic, like there's a reason why you you don't look like that even if you are taking care of yourself and I just need to remember that or like I don't know I think the like skinny the the amount like the trend of having a skinny waist okay now I'm definitely trailing off here but the the not even trend I don't know how to say this but the edit, how far people facetune their waists and stomachs now to be so sickly skinny where it's not even possible because it's like, where are your ribs? Where are your organs? Where is your uterus? Like, stomachs don't look like that. But because everyone on TikTok or Instagram or just social media in general, it's become very accessible to have this like snatched flat stomach, um, it can be very like distorting in your mind because even if you have like a healthy gut or stomach for your shape and size or just some your a body that you're happy with it will never look as skinny as it looks on social media because those stomachs are not real and I've caught myself having so many negative thoughts about my my body before because I spend all day looking at these bodies that are distorted and it's like I know that like like I'm good but when I like I can't even compare my body type and I mean like I'm good like I'm okay um like I have these thoughts but I'm doing okay I promise um but I know that I'm never gonna like no matter how hard I work on myself or eat well or do yoga like my stomach's not gonna look like that unless I'm like gravely ill. Um, so that can be like really frustrating too. But anyway, Ozempic, 
totally real. Um, it kind of, again, these, I didn't mean to have all of these kind of like dive into the next, like flow so well into the next one. The next one is totally on topic already, which this must be how my mind works when I was brainstorming these. Um, cause I mentioned the Kardashians, but my next conspiracy theory that I totally believe is completely true is I think that the Kardashians purposefully facetune their photos poorly to drive more engagement. There are so many photos of Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian, especially on Instagram, where, you know, somebody's assistant got carried away, or if it were the Kardashians themselves, I don't know how they even missed it. And that's why I don't believe they really did miss it. But their photos are so badly facetuned. There are so many, like, BuzzFeed type of websites that have compilations of like 20 of the worst photo tuned, photo tuned, photoshopped, face tuned. That's what I did. I mixed the two together. Like 20 of the worst photoshopped Kardashian Instagram pictures. And you go through them and you're like, this was not an accident. But you know what? They're talking about it. People are posting about it. People are sending the photos to their friends and saying, look at her hands, look at her waist. Oh my God. I totally think it's like the same as Starbucks where people believe that Starbucks purposefully spells your name wrong to encourage you to want to go to Starbucks to get a drink. It's free advertisement for them. If you have a name and they spell it totally wrong, you're going to post it. So it like works for them. And I think the Kardashians do that as well because they get more engagement on a post where somebody's leg is like bent in half because of Facetune and people are screenshotting it. People are commenting about it and it drives the post up. So I totally think that's true. I think it's a complete um, tactic on social media to just gain more engagement. Real quick, this episode is brought to you by Banish Skincare. I've been using Banish products for almost two years now, and my skin is forever changed. Banish uses natural, clean, and fresh ingredients that make your skin glow, clears up blemishes, reduces redness, and aging. Not only that, but Banish has an at-home microneedling treatment that has truly changed my skin and has brightened my face, reduced acne scars, and helped reduce acne in general. This is not just an ad to me, but I recommend Banish to everyone. It's the only skincare company I will use and have used for years. They have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer that I put on every night and every morning, an oil serum to use after microneedling that helps moisturize the face and reduce redness. There's a mint cleanser that feels so good on your pores, a fresh pumpkin enzyme mask, and most recently released an awesome sunscreen moisturizer with 30 SPF. I have been using that every single day lately. And they also have an anti-aging retinol serum that I love to use before bed. What's awesome is you can get all of these products in a bundle that allows you to save money, or you can purchase them individually, but try out Banish today. I have an affiliate link in the description of this episode, as well as a discount code for you. Use code Michaela 10 at checkout. That's Michaela 10 in all caps for 10% off. I promise you, you won't regret it. This next one, I think a lot of people are going to be familiar with, and that is the Malaysian Flight 370. Netflix did recently release a documentary on this, and that's why I've become familiar with it. Um, I've heard a little bit about it beforehand, but 
basically the concept of this conspiracy theory is that the flight 370 went missing in 2014 none of the passengers have been found the plane hasn't been found there are a lot of different theories about what happened whether it crashed or sank or secretly landed somewhere Um, no one really knows and there's a lot of conspiracy about whether or not the plane went into another air jurisdiction i don't know the right word but a different territory for air where a different country like hid the plane or some people think it was planned or just a lot of weird stuff you know like families of the passengers that were on the flight claimed that you know after the plane went missing and it just didn't show up to land um and like no one on air traffic control knew where the plane was like it went dark in the air um families of the passengers claimed that when they called the cell phones the phones would ring and if the plane crashed if the phones were underneath like at the bottom of the ocean or if the phones were dead or if they were blew up because of a crash why would the phones ring Uh, of course there's that one case of a family member claiming that her dad i think it was the dad that was on the flight called her and she panicked and before she could answer the call ended i don't know why that wasn't looked into more Some people don't believe her. They think it's like a way of coping with trauma and grief, but it is bizarre if it was true. Some people claim to have found parts of the plane that have washed up on beaches. Um, Now, my theory on what happened, I totally think it crashed. And I think that the pieces that have been found were part of the plane. I mean, like when you look at the photo, like uh, from a bird's eye view of these big pieces that are in the water of the plane it matches like perfectly to the flight 370 so it is bizarre why you know it hasn't been looked into further if there's like a gain from a certain government or i don't even know who is in like F- i don't think it'd be fbi i have no idea but if there's a reason why they don't want to claim that this is what happened um yeah definitely a fun one to go down but Some people think that it's like the show Manifest and in a couple years it's just going to show up or um, a lot of people think that they went, the plane went dark and off the radar so that it can land somewhere and that these people are being held hostage. Like there are a lot of conspiracy theories, but unfortunately I do believe that for whatever reason the plane just went down, which is so terrifying, especially for someone with plane anxiety. (laughs) I can't even think about that possibility. Um, And it's very, very sad. But I do think that it was just an accident. And hopefully, like, that's the worst that it was, you know, that it was just an accident. Oh, conspiracy theories that I don't think were an accident, though. These next ones are not accidents. Marilyn Monroe was killed to keep her quiet. I totally believe that Marilyn Monroe, um, like, knew something. I think she was killed for, um, what she knew or for her relationship with the president at the time. Um, she was really convinced that she was going to be killed. And I think the FBI or the CIA, CIA, I think they staged it to look like an overdose 
but there were some really weird things that don't align with a typical suicide, basically. And I mean, when you mess with big people in power, like they have the power to do that. But she was so young and I just totally believe that she was killed to keep her quiet because of her relationship with the Kennedys. Um, really messed up. It was the Kennedys, right? I feel like I need to fact check things that I know just because I'm recording and now I'm nervous. Yeah. Yeah, JFK. Robert Kennedy. I, I think the Kennedys had her murdered for sure, which is so sad. Kind of on the same playing field here, Princess Diana was killed. I don't even know if this is like a theory at this point because it seems fairly proven, but she was also killed by people in power. I totally believe that. There was no way that was an accident. Um, it said that she could have even been saved after the car crash, but they like held off on taking her to the hospital or it was just there were so many inconsistencies i mean i should have like refreshed my facts here before this episode honestly but i know that wasn't it like a different driver or he took a different way or he was going way too fast and um something about the seatbelt. i know that when people like arrived at the scene they like didn't even try to save her or they they could have made it to the hospital sooner to save her, but she was unfortunately taken out, I think, by some pretty bad people, which is very, very sad. Um, on the flip side, though, Tupac is alive on an island living his best life. <laughs> that is a conspiracy theory that I like to believe. A couple of years ago, I went down this huge Twitter thread rabbit hole on all of the facts that prove that Tupac is alive. And let me tell you, it was super convincing. I didn't even realize, like, they had audio bites of his songs compared to this new artist that started to emerge after his death. And the lyrics in it were, like, basically saying that he was alive on an island or, like, they compared the song side by side and it was, like, his voice or... I don't know. I can't remember. Again, I'm so sorry. I can't remember the details, but that is a conspiracy theory that I totally think is real. And honestly, good for him. Like, that sounds so tempting. And if I had the type of money to do that, oh, I would totally be living on an island. <laughs> okay, this next one, though, you're either here for it or you're going to roll your eyes. But Taylor Swift is queer. And she is very loud about it. But the straights just don't know how to read the clues because they're not queer. I mean, I could go on for days about this one because there is just so much evidence. You don't even have to reach. You know, some people say, like, this is a reach. It's not. She dyed her hair the colors of the bi flag. She said me out now. The whole song about me is like coming out pride. She had so many queer celebrities and like people in that music video. She said it herself. She wants that music video to have everything that represents her. And she had very bi hair for that music video. She's got the lesbian pride flag colors and everything even on tour right now. And I mean, 
she dated Diana Agron, 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 Agron. There is so much evidence that they dated, but to spare you the details and the time, the biggest one is that Diana had a Wonderland tattoo and then she later got it removed. Um, and I do think that is like from the Wonderland song. And what's interesting is I always kind of had a feeling that Taylor was fruity. And then after I dated a woman seriously for the first time, and then I went back and was listening to the same songs that I'd always listened to, oh my gosh, the meaning of the songs suddenly changed. Like, I understood songs in a way that I had never understood them before. Um, The song Dress, Ivy, even Betty, so many things are queer-coded, um... The song, if you want to date way back to her earlier stuff too, like Pictures to Burn, when she says, you know, I'll tell your friends that you're gay, I see that as a projection. Um, and it, you know, it's okay to call somebody gay if you're also gay, sort of. I mean, I'm being light about that. And then the song, You Belong With Me. Take out the music video, just listen to the lyrics she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts, she's cheer captain, I'm on the bleachers. She doesn't mention a man once in that song. It's only female pronouns. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't want you like a best friend. You don't tell that to a guy. That's a gay girl telling her female friend she doesn't want you like a best friend. Or, um, I don't know. I I know a lot of people say bought this dress just to take it off because nobody, like, buys a dress. Like, that's not something you would, you don't, I don't know. I I don't want to get into this because I have so much to say about it, but I also do. Um, oh my gosh, what is the one lyric? I can't think of the melody right now, but it's the one where it's, like, all of the silence and patient pining all of the silence and pining anticipation my hands are shaking from holding back that is gay (laughs) like I would have no idea what that feeling was until I was with a woman and that's all it is if you've ever seen a lesbian movie like the one with um Kate Winslet or any it's usually like pretty much a silent film where just two women in Amish dresses are just looking at each other longingly. That's the whole film. And then they kiss by the end. That is her song lyrics. All of the silence and pining anticipation. My hands are shaking. Like, that's it. That's gay. (laughs) Um, There's also so much evidence about her dating Carly Kloss, which I believe she dated her after Diana. Um, And every time you look at those pieces of evidence, if you're skeptical, just think, would you do that with your straight best friend? Um, Would you have a matching pillowcase with your initials on them? No, because pillowcase is like, come on, pillow princess. Like, there's a lot of lesbian jokes there. They rented a tiny cabin for their anniversary. They both had the same anniversary date posted on Instagram. Um, Or if you've ever read uh the seven husbands of evelyn hugo taylor is evelyn i am and even taylor jenkins reed said that in an interview once someone asked if it could have been about taylor swift and she was she said yes like could be for whatever reason you know i do believe that taylor doesn't want to not be out 
There's a reason why she's never come out and said that's not true. There's a reason why Taylor has never said I'm straight but flattered. You know, like she's never had a statement on this because deep down, I think it is true and she wants to be out and loud about it, but there's something that's holding her back from it. And I don't know if it's her partners. I don't know if it's her team. I don't know if it has, like, who knows why. I think it'll all make sense eventually. But I do believe that she's being very loud about her fluid sexuality. And, you know, there are just some people that are still slightly homophobic enough. Like, they just don't believe it. But I don't know. She's in her 30s. And I think it's fairly common for women in their 30s to have experiences with both or all sexes. And not to mention that Haley Kayoko and Becca Tilly, who recently opened up about being together after dating in more of a private relationship the last four years. They, like, publicly announced it. They said that Taylor Swift was one of the first people that they told they were dating. And why is that? And how come every single opening artist for Taylor Swift's Eras tour is queer? You know, all of Taylor's best friends are other queer women. And one of the things that I really, like, when I came out and was dating a woman that I worked on is expanding my queer friendship group. You know, you want to have people surrounding you that can relate. And I think it would probably feel kind of isolating and strange if she was the only straight person in this very queer friend group. The other thing, too, if you want to compare it to Evelyn Hugo is... Joe could have been, like, the staged boyfriend the way that Evelyn's husbands were for the most part. Like, we see them together every once in a while in very public outings or paparazzi photos, but for the most part, her relationship was private, and maybe for part of it it was real, but I do believe that part of it is um, just for the cover of it, you know, the same way that Evelyn secretly lived with Cecilia, but they were supposed to be living with their husbands. I don't know. I guess I should move on, but there's a lot I want to say there, but that is definitely a conspiracy theory that is so obvious and the facts are just there in your face. The fact that some people just refuse to believe it or think that she's writing from a male perspective still, I just can't believe it. And maybe it is because, I don't know, I guess sometimes you just hear and see things that you want to hear and see, but I wasn't even trying to, like, dig deep. I just, like, it was there. Taylor was being very obvious about it, but I don't know. Just my thoughts on that. Uh, (laughs) Moving on. So, this next one. I totally believe that Michael Jackson, Walt Disney, Elvis, those types of people of that status, I totally think that they could be frozen in a vault somewhere Like, it just seems like something that they would say they want in the afterlife. And, I mean, I know that Walt Disney is believed to be frozen somewhere. And what's really interesting is the conspiracy theory that Disney released the movie Frozen to cover up this theory on the internet. Because now, if you try to type in, like, Walt Disney Frozen, you're going to get the movie. You're going to get Frozen 2. Disney, Frozen, Frozen on Ice, Disney on Ice. Like, even the Disney on Ice whole concept where you have that show on ice, I think that was a play on words to help cover up these 
conspiracies online about Walt Disney being frozen or on ice somewhere. Um, I don't know. That's just something inside that I think is true. I think there are people that believe one day they can be reincarnated or come back if they're like frozen down, you know, so like thought out later on. I don't know. I think who knows? Technology could be a possibility. I think they did that with like amphibians in a lab once where because technically like amphibians can, depending on the type, when they hibernate, they can get their heart rate to slow down to the point where it pretty much stops. So who is to stop us? from like discovering a way to do that with humans and I think people like Walt Disney are believers and want to stick around just in case that becomes a possibility one day their body will be ready to go frozen somewhere but no matter what even if that conspiracy theory is not true I think the theory of releasing frozen just to cover up the theory of it is totally a fact This next one is kind of pop culture as well, having to do with celebrities, but Avril Lavigne, that one is so spooky. If you're unfamiliar, there's this belief that the real Avril died a long time ago, and ever since then, her body double, the one that, like, used to walk out of a restaurant so that the paparazzi would, like, see her, and then the real Avril would, like, sneak out of, like, a different exit, it's believed that after, after she died her stand-in body double she became avril and now she is releasing the songs and that's who you see out there and it's it's so scary because side by side photos of quote unquote avril levine from like a recent year to early 2000s they look like two different people and not just like the differences between aging and maturing or getting some work done on your face Like the structure of your bones, the placement of how far away your eyes are, stuff like that where it's like, this is not the same person. And her songs are so completely different than how they were when she first became popular. Now, granted, she was super young and I know every like artist's style like develops differently, but the voice is so different. Everything about it seems curated to sound like Avril, but it's not Avril. It's Melissa. (laughs) No, it's Ashley. If you know that reference, we're on the same side of TikTok. That's all I have written down for conspiracy theories that I believe are legit true. Um, Hopefully you don't think I'm crazy. I just think it's fun sometimes to believe things rather than, you know, be a non-believer. Now, of course, there are two that I could think of. I'm sure there are more. That's why I tried to Google like popular conspiracy theories because I wanted to come up with more that I know that I personally don't believe in. Um, but there are two that I don't believe in. And quite honestly, I on like I find them offensive. But the first one is crisis actors or honestly anything about school shootings being manufactured. The idea that there are actors out there hired to have like Getty images basically taken of them at these horrible events. I don't know. There could be like a spooky coincidence where a victim looks like another victim from a different school shooting and whatnot, but there's, I just don't believe that that's real. And I think it's super offensive to everybody involved or anyone who has lost someone during one of those tragedies. Um, And then the whole 
um, small circle of people that don't even believe that some of these shootings happened. I can't believe that. And again, I find that offensive. This next one, just, I'm going to go there. But 9-11, that's another one that I just cannot believe people think didn't happen or that it was, well, I don't know. The conspiracy theories about if it was an inside job, it's a popular one, but I recently went to the 9-11 Memorial Museum in New York in January, which, by the way, highly recommend. It's something I think everyone should see in their lifetime. Um, For the most part, pictures are not allowed, so there's a lot that I just never saw on Google Images reviews or on Google Maps, you know, but... I didn't know that the museum is built around the old building's, like, layout. So you literally walk through building one, like, tower one and tower two, and it takes you through this detailed timeline of the day with so much, like, audio, video, script, like, transcript from the plane, um, artifacts, shoes covered in ash and blood. There's some really graphic things. Definitely don't bring children. There were some kids in there when I went where I'm like, "Mm, should they be in here? Because part of me was like, yes, this is really good to learn about, but it was almost too scary. Like I had plain anxiety, like having to fly home after being in that museum because you see all of the victims, every single name that were that were on those planes and you can see the planes going down. You can see like there's stuff in there that I just don't know if a child should see. There were things in there I didn't even know if I should have seen because it's very graphic. They had pieces of the plane that survived the crash because there were four planes that went down that day. Um, They had a plane seatbelt that was covered in blood. That was really hard to look at. Um, yeah, you will be crying throughout the whole museum, so definitely prepare to have a super heavy day. But it, I'm glad I went. Um, I just think it's really important to know those details because, you know, never forget. But even though I was alive for it, I definitely didn't know all those facts before. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much it for the theories that I firmly don't believe in. But I found this article, um, on readersdigest.com called 12 Conspiracy Theories That Actually Turned Out to Be True. And I thought this was really interesting. So I wanted to highlight a couple of them. Some of them are dark and I just don't really want to bring up. But I learned that during the Prohibition... The government poisoned alcohol to keep people from drinking. So there was a conspiracy during the time, you know, that the alcohol was being poisoned. But it turns out it was true and that manufacturers of industrial alcohol had been mixing their product with dangerous chemicals for years prior to prohibition. Between 1926 and 1933, the federal government pushed manufacturers to use stronger poisons to discourage bootleggers from turning the alcohol into moonshine. 
This article says that didn't stop the bootleggers or their customers, and by the end of the prohibition, more than 10,000 Americans had been killed by tainted booze. It's so sad. Whenever I hear about deaths in history, I always wonder, like, whose great-great-great-grandfather could that have been? And it's really sad to think about that there were over 10,000 lives that could have made an impact today. But they got poisoned, so they're not here. I'm not laughing at it, but, you know, you just gotta... I laugh to cope. I had no idea that one happened, though, so that was super interesting to learn about. This next one, I think, is roughly based around Stranger Things, but the conspiracy that the CIA was testing LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs on Americans in a top-secret experiment on behavior modification. So the truth is that the program was known as MKUltra, and it was real. The CIA started by using volunteers. The novelist Ken Kessie was one notable subject, but the program's heads soon began dosing people without their knowledge. MKUltra left many victims permanently mentally disabled. Um, I've... That's so sad. Oh, this one kind of made me crack up because I, I, I never thought about it before, but it makes a lot of sense. So the Dalai Lama's impressive salary... Um, has kind of stirred a conspiracy theory that the Dalai Lama is a CIA agent. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but the truth, it says, is perhaps the reason the Dalai Lama is smiling in all those photos has something to do with the six-figure salary he pulled down from the U.S. government during the 1960s. According to declassified intelligence documents, he earned 180000 in connection with the CIA's funding on the Tibetan resistance to the tune of $1.7 per year. And that was back then, before inflation. Crazy. This one is more like a fact, but I didn't know that John Lennon was under government surveillance. The FBI put Lennon under surveillance and the Immigration and Naturalization Service tried to deport him. I'm not sure why. I'm not a big Beatles or John Lennon fan, so I don't know much about that. Um, there's a lot. I'm skipping over some that are boring, but there's some about, like, a fake battle in the Vietnam War. That's getting a little too... I don't know. I don't want to get into war and politics. Canada tried to develop gaydar. So the conspiracy is that the Canada government was so paranoid about homosexuality that it developed a gaydar machine the truth, it really happened. In the 1960s, the government hired a university professor to develop a way to detect homosexuality in federal employees. He came up with a machine that measured pupil dilation in response to same-sex erotic imagery. The Canadian government used it to exclude or fire more than four hundred men from civil service, the military, and the Mounties. The American government is just as guilty with these 10 secret U.S. government operations revealed. Oh my god. I don't know if it really worked. Did they say it really worked? Good. I don't... I, I thought for a second maybe I read that it said it worked. Um, wow. Side eye. Uh, the last one listed is about the Illuminati. Do we really want to go there? Wait, if you type Illuminati backward, Itanamuli, into a web browser, it, you will land on the NSA website? 
Rumor has it this elite society includes tons of famous person. Okay, I don't want to get into the Illuminati, but that one was interesting. Anyway, those were my conspiracy theories that I think could be true, as well as some that are true. I hope this was entertaining for you. Definitely shoot me a message if you have any that you believe in or agree with me on or disagree. Feel free to nicely tell me why. Um... But again, we're just having fun, so no need to send over hate or anything. Like, again, I see this as like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny type of level because Santa Claus exists. The Easter Bunny is real. The Tooth Fairy is real for sure. Um, <laughs> but I had fun. This one was really fun to chat about. All right. Should we talk TV shows and movies for the week? I love to end my podcast episodes with talking about some of the TV shows or movies or books that I have read or watched this week that I would recommend or just want to review, chat about, because as a listener, this is the type of content that I enjoy hearing from other podcasters that I listen to, because then I know whether or not to check out a show or if I've seen the show, it's nice to have a small moment to feel like I'm able to talk about it with somebody that also watches it. So this week, I've got my list made. It's going to seem like I watched a lot of things this week, and I do have a reason. Um, but also, I think I spent more nights with my partner Ashton than a typical week. He had a couple of days off, and we just had gotten into the routine of watching something together in the evenings, so a lot of this I did watch with Ashton. If it wasn't, if I don't count that, there's only like three things that I watched this week because when I'm home by myself, I'm usually not watching something. I'm usually editing a video, filming a video, recording a podcast episode, editing a podcast episode, <laughs> like... I'm very work-oriented. However, it is nice to have a show on when I'm eating or in the evenings before bed. So this week, the first thing that um, Ashton and I watched is the John Mulaney stand-up that just came out on Netflix. I forget what it's... Baby J, I think, but it's his stand-up comedy. I had no idea who John Mulaney was. I did live under a rock, and it's so funny because I was looking up his IMBD, and when we... Ashton wanted to watch it and he told me you know like oh it's what was his name tiny T tiny tom tiny tim it's the guy from puss in boots which if you listen to my last episode you know that I just watched because Ashton also wanted to watch that and John Mulaney plays one of the voices he's got a really good voice for animation so it was funny that we just watched puss in boots with him and now we're watching his stand-up and to be honest it was good. I don't think it was, like, amazing. I think a lot of, like, I mean, Ashton and I were talking about this, but most male comedians that I watch, they all have the same jokes. The same way that, honestly, most female comedians have the same jokes, too. So it's nice when they're able to dig a little bit deeper and not rely on some of the stereotypes or jokes that they know will get laughs. Um, and there's one that really stuck with me. I mean, the whole stand-up bit was talking about his, um, a, his drug addiction and going to rehab. Um, and there was some, like, serious stuff under it, for sure. But one of the jokes that really got to me where I was like, okay, that was really freaking funny, was when, um... He was trying, he was making a correlation 
between like teenagers sitting outside. I think this was it or it was drug users, but it was I think it was teenagers sitting outside of like an alcohol store um, begging for somebody to buy them booze. And he compared it to like, you know, like someone gives them money thinking that they're a homeless person. And the teenager's like, no, no, I give you money <laughs> to, like, get them alcohol. I don't know. He delivered it a lot better than I did. But it was super funny. Um, definitely worth – I mean, I like having stand-up shows on on Netflix when I just want more of, like, a podcast element, something on in the background, something that's not too long to watch. Um, but, yeah, I'd recommend it. I think it's – it's definitely better than most that I've seen, to be honest. And then after that, the same night, we turned on this like really bad Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal. Oh my God, Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal. Doesn't matter. Um, we turned on this really bad movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, which you know, I'm Team Taylor, so he really hurt her. So I just I don't like him to begin with, but pretty quick. I can't even remember what the movie was called. It's on Netflix. He's a 911 dispatcher and pretty early in the movie we realized like wait, this was definitely filmed during COVID because he's like the only actor on set. It's a very isolated like set and it felt like a college project when you're <laughs> I can't even explain it. It was good. And it, it shows like the creativity of filmmaking when quarantine, you know, laws are in place. But you could definitely tell that there was some like quarantine isolation going on and that they couldn't do a lot of scenes because the plot focuses on him as a 911 dispatcher dealing with um, a caller. Um, but you never see the caller. You just hear it. It's all audio. So it's it's nice because you get to kind of like picture it in your mind um, and it does also help you show how truly isolated the dispatchers are in the moment and how helpless they can be. They can talk to you. They can keep you on the phone. They can connect you with other people, but they're stuck uh, on the phone. They can't help you. And that can be this. I mean, I could never handle this type of job. It would be way too painful, but it does kind of highlight that part of it. So it was a good film. I think Ashton liked it slightly more than I did, but he's not biased the way that I am to Jake Gyllenhaal. Why can't I figure out if it's Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal right now? They both sound like they could be right. I'm having a Nelson Mandela moment, but um or I'm having a I'm having a Mandela effect moment. But yeah, it was all right. I would not recommend it, to be honest. But at that point in the night, we just wanted something on where it was like, sure, just hit play. Um, but the next night, we watched The Jury Duty or Jury Duty on Amazon Prime. Oh my God, this show is so funny. Honestly, funniest show that I have watched in a long time. And I wish that they had more seasons. I really hope that they do it like again and have more seasons. But I feel like at this point... If I'm ever called back to jury duty, I'm going to sit there and be like, is this real or am I being punked right now? Because the whole premise of this show is that there's a jury for a trial, except every single person on jury is an actor, except for one guy that thinks the whole thing is real. So it it's kind of like if The Office was a documentary about people that actually thought they were working in an office. 
Um, and it's by the same producers, I believe, or the same creators of The Office. So I can kind of see their their genius in it. You know, like I can there were some episodes where I was like, that reminds me of The Office or the way that they did the scene reminds me of how they had it in The Office. But it's so good. So funny. Never laughed harder. It's so like like the comedy is so real and it's so cool because the last episode when they break that fourth wall, they explain it to you on how they did everything. And that was really cool to watch. But it's an easy show to get through. We watched it all in one night. The episodes are like 20 minutes each and it's so good. Like you're going to love it. If you have Amazon Prime or are able to watch it, like please do. I made my mom watch it. Well, I didn't make her, but I just told her highly, you know, recommended it. And she watched it with my dad last night and she was texting me like updates every couple of 10 minutes or so about something because it's so freaking funny. She said it was the funniest show she's ever seen. So we loved it. (laughs) I wish I could watch it again for the first time, but if you haven't watched it yet, oh my God, it's the best thing ever to come out of Amazon Prime TV shows. Like, I can't get over it and I I there's this one actor in it too James Marsden who literally like plays himself but he also kind of he's the the prince charming from the movie Enchanted which everything's connected because Amy Adams wasn't enchanted but before that she was on the office and the creators of the office made jury duty whoa anyway <laughs> Uh, He kind of plays like the same character as cocky Prince Charming in Enchanted, but it's so freaking good. I wish that I could talk about it without spoiling it because there's so many things that I want to talk about specifically that happened, but I don't want to give it away. But definitely pay attention. Like there's funny stuff happening in the background of episodes, in dialogue, like every part. Like there's... (laughs) I want to say it's so bad, but it's just so much better if you watch it first time through without me spoiling anything. Also, on that topic, when you're watching it, skip the previews because at the end of each episode, they'll give you a preview for what's coming up in the next episode, but all they do is give away like the punchlines or the jump scares. So don't watch the previews, go into the episodes blind. It it'll make it so much funnier because you will not see it coming. Oh my gosh, that show genius. And what's Oh, also One last thing about this show, look for the characters breaking, like breaking character. Look for the actors breaking character because it happens. Like this is real life. Like they've got this guy that thinks it's real and then they're doing these insane bits and having to say these crazy lines. And then sometimes like you can see someone laughing in the background that's breaking character and it just makes it even funnier. (laughs) So that was probably the best thing that I've watched this week. But the next night, um, because, you know, Ashton and I had like four nights in a row where we were watching something before bed, but which isn't the best habit to get into. But when you're having like quality time with your partner, it's just it happens. So the movie that we watched the following night was a Jordan Peele film. We watched Nope. And to be honest, I was pretty skeptical about it, but it was better than I expected. Hang on, Siri's listening to me. She's going to talk. I thought I had. I saw that she turned on on my watch and I knew she was going to interrupt me soon. Anyway, uh Nope by Jordan P- by Jordan Peele produced um 
but yeah, the movie Nope. I was kind of skeptical about it. I saw the trailer. It looked like a Jordan Peele film, but it didn't look too good for me. And I know that we were talking about it with Ashton's sister and she said she didn't like it. So therefore I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> um, but it was better than I thought and definitely like kept my attention. Um, I probably would never have seen it if Ashton didn't want to watch it, but it was good. If you can't handle blood and gore, it's not that bad. Like once you get past the opening scene, which I closed my eyes for because I'm a baby, um, once you get past that, it's really not bad at all. It's, I mean, the premise is about like aliens, but not really, um, kind yeah. So it's fine. Again, I wouldn't watch it like again, but it was, a, it was, it was, it was what it was. I guess I didn't like it that much based on what I'm, how I'm talking about it. But, um, I think there are better Jordan Peele films. I'll say that, but it wasn't that bad. And then the last thing that Ashton and I watched this week, which honestly, I think I fell asleep for part of this, um, or I was just on my phone, but it was like really late and I wanted to go to bed, was the Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker documentary on Netflix. This is a show that like looked appealing when it first came out. I knew it was trending on Netflix and I knew I'd watch it eventually, but I never had that pull to be like, oh, I have to see this documentary. Um, but it was better than expected. And I had no idea. Like Ashton said, he remembered this hitchhiker going viral in 2014, 2013. I don't think I ever saw it. So it was such a crazy story to learn about. Definitely a little scary, but not like that. Just like scary in like a real world documentary way that stuff like this happened. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I think if you haven't watched it yet, I would totally recommend watching it. It's basically about this, um, hitchhiker that witnesses, I think it's his, again, I was on my phone slash sleeping for part of it. So this part's hazy, but I think it was his Uber driver or it was like someone, he was just in his car and he saw the guy running someone over or murdering someone kind of, I think it was like a racist act and the hitchhiker had a hatchet and started hitting the guy in the head to get him to stop. So he was yielded this like hero for saving the day. Um, and there was this interview that he did that kind of blew up on the internet and went viral. And then everybody knew who he was overnight, like Alex from Target type of, oh, I think that just aged me because I'm thinking of like the meme on Twitter from like 2013 of Alex from Target. And that's like my perfect example of having 15 minutes of fame where this poor kid, they had to put him in the back room at Target because his, a photo of him blew up on the internet and all these girls were like, oh my God, he's so cute. And then people started going to this Target location to see Alex from Target. And that's like his name now is Alex from Target. Um, to the point where Target had to hide him in the back. <laughs> now I'm sure he can walk outside and no one will recognize him. I like that's kind of how I show like 15 minutes of fame. But um, yeah, this hitchhiker had that moment where everyone was recognizing him. And because of his lifestyle um, and choice to kind of be a nomad, he had no idea that he was even famous. Um, so it kind of follows that quick journey of him blowing up online and dealing with it. He wasn't the the most respectful um, rule follower. Like I know that 
a lot of people that tried to work with him were frustrated because he just was doing things like he was peeing on Hollywood Boulevard and on set and just like stuff like that or he was being very disruptive he had like a skateboard in a very fancy restaurant and then I don't want to give it away so I'm not going to give away like the big part of the documentary that to me is like a plot twist moment but it's good so if you are not familiar with the story of this hitchhiker and need something juicy to watch it's on Netflix highly recommend um but those are the things that I watched with Ashton and then on my normal like routine but being at home I didn't watch like a lot I like I mentioned earlier like to watch an episode of something while I'm having dinner or cooking dinner or before bed or if I'm able to work with something on in the background it doesn't happen often but on nights where I'm making a thumbnail or doing some type of work that doesn't involve me having to listen to the work itself then I will so I finally finished New Amsterdam. I feel like I've talked about that before. I really loved the show, um, but I had a hard time finishing the final season because it's on Netflix. I finally was able to watch the last episode. Oh my God, it was so good. I love the way that they made it full circle. I didn't see it coming. This was the first medical show that really like sucked me in and I loved it so much. I was so sad when it was over, but I love how they ended it. I just wanted to touch on that. And then I went through this like withdrawal moment of I have nothing to watch as like my guilty pleasure when I need to watch an episode of something. So I tried out Working Moms on Netflix. I watched the pilot. It was okay. Like maybe if I have nothing else to watch, I'll watch the second episode, but it definitely didn't suck me in. And then I discovered Firefly Lane last night. And oh my God, why did nobody tell me that it was actually so good? I saw the previews for it on Netflix. And the way that they advertise it makes it look like something completely different than what it actually is, at least in my mind. But it's so good. It's like a mix of the TV show Younger, which I also recommend, and Ginny and Georgia. Like it's got that complex of like the super confident, like, seems like she has it all type of female in power that actually has a lot of trauma and deep dark childhood secrets and there's so much going on between the relationship of mother to daughter ranging from like past all of these decades but when you break down the barrier it it all stems from the same type of like dynamic between mom and daughter but it's so good I'm I definitely watched way too many episodes last night, so I'm deep into it, but I love the way that it time hops. I love the transitions. I love the style. Like, whoever was in charge of makeup and wardrobe and, like, design props, they did a spectacular job, and I posted on my Instagram story about how good the show is, and I received, like, I've never received so many replies of people being like, it's the best, isn't it? Or telling me about the book, and now I have to read the book, but I love, oh, I just love it so much. I haven't been this into a show and that world since I was watching Ginny and Georgia, so I'm really glad that I found Firefly Lane, and I am looking forward to watching it tonight. Once I finish all my work, that is going to be my little reward. Um, but that's everything that I watched this week, and I have not read anything new. I'm pretty much almost done with Manic. I got some good reading time outside today, and I think my friend Anne is going to bring me Firefly Lane, the book, this weekend, so I might start reading that next. We'll see, but I will let you know. 
But I think that is going to be everything for this week's podcast episode. So thank you so much for listening. Definitely shoot me a message if anything resonated with you. Share some of your conspiracy theories or TV shows that you're watching. If you've watched anything that I did and want to chat about it, I would love to chat Firefly Lane. Um, I'm on episode like three right now, but I'm sure by the time you're listening, I'll finish it. So try not to spoil it, but check in with where I'm at. I would love to talk Firefly Lane with someone. Um... Yeah, I hope you had a wonderful week. I hope a great week is upon you as well. And I will chat with you next Friday. Bye.